Nyata, hello. My name is Alison and I pastor a little church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. And we're based on Peak Warren Country in Warrnambool. Now today I'm reflecting on Jesus' comments on religious leadership and you'll find the text in Matthew chapter 23. The greatest among you will be your servant, says Jesus. He's just identified the greatest commandments, that is to love God and love your neighbour. Now he's identifying the greatest person and it's the one who loves others enough to set aside their own interests and roll up their sleeves and serve. Sadly, we know that not all religious leaders are like this. As Jesus himself observes, some religious leaders don't practice what they preach. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on the shoulders of others. But they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them, says Jesus. They lord it over others. They seek influence, even celebrity. They work not for others, but for their own reputation they get a kick out of honorifics set before their name. Rabbi, Father, Pastor. If we read on, we discover a list of woes directed towards those hypocrites. Woe to the leaders who turn people away from heaven, says Jesus, and yet move heaven and earth to make converts who are children of hell. Woe to those who imply gold has more power than God's presence or who focus on little things while ignoring justice, mercy and faith, or who engage in performative holiness without integrity or love. You snakes, you brood of vipers, he thunders. How can you escape being sentenced to hell? Why is Jesus so worked up here? Well, the Gospel according to Matthew was written for Jewish Christians who had been expelled from the synagogues of Galilee in part for critiquing the hypocrisy of religious authorities. The author is deeply concerned with the reformation of religious leadership, and so Jesus' words call on leaders to integrate their lives with their teaching. In other words, he expects them not just to preach the commandments, but to do them. And we know what is a summation. This means he expects them to love. When they don't, Jesus becomes angry because he knows what harm it does. You brood of vipers, he says, it's strong stuff. And it continues to resonate through the ages because religious leaders who fail to love is something that all too many of us are familiar with. Many of us have experienced hypocrisy and harshness from religious leaders. Many of us can attest to being diverted from the joys of heaven and being raised in the shadows of hell instead. Many of us have known religious leaders who savoured power and control, and who used judgement, fear and shame to terrorise people into obedience. And like the Jewish Christians for whom Matthew's account was written, many of us have been expelled from churches or have felt compelled to leave. Some for our gender or sexuality. Some for asking difficult questions or for demanding accountability from church leadership. Some because we could no longer tolerate the hypocrisy, the overbearing authority, the spiritual abuse or the profound disjunction.
between the promises of Jesus and the suffocating context in which they were being preached. So what then do we do about religious leadership? Do we get rid of this brood of vipers altogether? Well, in today's passage, Jesus turns from his criticisms for a moment to instruct his disciples on what not to do. Nobody is to be called teacher, father or coach, says Jesus, because there is only one teacher, one father, one coach, the God made known in Jesus Christ. And based on this, some argue that Christian communities should have no leaders or teachers and instead operate as absolutely flat collectives. Yet in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus commissions his disciples. They are to proclaim the gospel. They are to point to the nearness of heaven and heal the sick and bring life to the dead and draw the untouchable into community and cast out the powers which suffocate and control. And to do these things, Jesus explicitly grants them authority. And then in Matthew chapter 28, the risen Christ announces that all authority has been given to him. And then he again commissions his disciples to work in his name. In other words, the gospel expects there will be spiritual leadership working under the authority of Christ. So the question is not whether there should be authority in the faith community, but what its hallmarks are. And what we learn is that those who don't practice what they preach, or who seek to wield power over people, or who work to shore up their own interests, or who engage in ministry to meet their own needs, in other words, those who do not love, are not working under the authority of Christ, and have no place in religious leadership. But those who love, that is those people who set aside their egos and interests to roll up their sleeves and serve, are to be trusted. Those who reach out to the precarious and the vulnerable are to be trusted. Those who bring healing and wholeness and a whiff of heaven into the world are to be trusted because our lives demonstrate the power of Christ working in them and through them. It's not that they're doormats. Slaves of Christ are answerable to none but Christ, and at times this means acting in ways which make them unpopular. And it's not that they're perfect. Indeed, only God is good. Instead, in their humility, they acknowledge their own weaknesses, rely on God's mercy, and allow Christ to flow through their lives. So this then is a fundamental paradox. Authority among Jesus' followers is granted to those who serve, because service is the hallmark of love. Those who strive for status and authority shall have it taken from them, but those who empty themselves of power shall find themselves raised up. In their selflessness, there is room for Christ. And this is what the community must recognise and honour. As sanctuary winds down, and you look to other churches, other networks, or new ways of joining together for mutual encouragement and care, I would like to draw out two conclusions. First, 
whether you're seeking a new church or whether you're dreaming up a new way of doing faith together. Don't worry too much about details of theology or whether or not you like the worship style or what form a gathering takes. They're all just window dressing. Instead, I urge you to look for leaders who love. Beware any setting, any structure or dynamic where pastors don't have external supervision or where power is unchecked, accountability is opaque or where judgment, fear or shame are being deployed. Jesus came to bring truth and transparency, healing and wholeness, love, life and peace. So seek those who radiate these qualities with humility and grace. Second, never forget that you too are a disciple. As much as you give yourself over to Christ, emptying yourself of ego and embodying a life of trusting obedience, you will be filled with the love and wisdom and compassion that every community needs. You won't please all the people, but a grounded authority will begin to flow through you towards others. And you might shy away from it, and you might feel that you're not worthy, because none of us are. But as a disciple, you too must embody love. As a disciple, you too are entrusted to share the good news. You too can touch lives in healing ways, and you too can bring a whiff of heaven to the people you encounter on the journey. So go to it. And let us pray. Loving God, we offer ourselves once again to you. Empty us and then fill us with your holy presence that our words and our lives may be integrated and united and that we may witness to the power of your beautiful and transformative love. In the name of the one who emptied himself of power and gave his life away, we pray, Amen and Amen. Now there's always more to read on our website, that's sanctuarybaptist.org. And this week you'll find more about our closing, which will happen on the 26th of November. This reflection was prepared on the lands of the Pequorong people of the Eastern Ma Nation. It's a land which was taken by force and has never been ceded. I pay my respects to Elders past and present. The peace of the land, waterways and skyways, be with us all. Amen.